With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special uh, simulcast of Your Beautiful Day on the Gratitude Radio Network and the Neil Haley Show, syndicated all over the world. And I'm excited to welcome to the program my co-hosts, Jen Mog and also Pearl Sorenza. Jen, how are you? And I'm happy to have you back on as Pearl has been a, we've been going solo a couple episodes. Hey guys. Hello. I'm Jennifer Hall. I'm the mother of gratitude, the gratitude radio network, um, where I hope every day is full of gratitude in your life. Thank you, Neil. Um, yeah, I'm really proud of you guys. I am completely proud. My co-host is my wing woman. She's amazing. Pearl Sharenza of Successful Women Living. Hey, everybody. It's awesome to be back. Welcome back, Jen. Yeah, Neil and I have been like doing pretty well here, I think. Right, Neil? So Yeah, yeah we're hammering out a bunch of them all before Christmas. Yeah. And then after that, a couple more and then before the new year. I like, you know, there's so many people I don't get, can't get to till the end that, hey, let's just interview all of them before the new year. And I guess I'm celebrating 11 years in radio and television. And I forgot my anniversary on December 6th for the first time ever because of COVID. You know, you're used to the just to kind of being a calendar, but everything is forgotten. I forgot my anniversary 11 years I've been doing this interviewed so many interesting people, but I, I could just do it all day long as I've done yeah. more than 24 people in two days. So go ahead with our guest. And I'm excited because this is going to be a great uh, learning experience, especially the 40th anniversary of John Lennon's death. So go ahead. I am so, I'm so taken back that it's been 40 years um, since the death of John Lennon huge fan, huge fan of the Beatles, grew up with them um, on the 45s and having the albums in our house. My first concert was John Waite. And that was amazing on that. And for our special guest today, we are so thankful to have with us Jill Walker. She serves as the co-writer and executive producer of the new song, Peace Love Will Never Die, a song for John and Yoko. And welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you for having me on. Happy to join you today. Thank you. Thank you. This is so much a part of my life and growing up with um, John and Lennon. <laughs> yes. And his inspiration more than anything, it's, it's timeless. That's one of the reasons why I wrote the song and it actually started four years ago. But because it is timeless, and when you visit Strawberry Fields at Central Park in New York, you really get a sense of the fact that people miss John Lennon terribly. It's not just because of an anniversary or because of something special going on. There are a lot of people that go there on pilgrimages every single year uh, to visit the site. And it's really a very moving and inspiring place. Um, I don't know if you've been there, but I encourage most people, that if they come to New York City, at least stop by there. It's off of 72nd Street, across from the Dakota, uh, where John and Yoko lived. And uh, 
there's just a lot happening there. People bring a flower, they sing songs, exactly. they have discussions, you know, about John and Yoko. It's a very, very inspirational place. Why do you think it's so important that we remember him? I think it's important because he's a lot like us in many ways. He had a very difficult childhood. Uh, so did Paul mm -hmm. McCartney, for that matter, losing their mom very early in life. And I think that's what bonded them initially. But I think his words, his lyrics, his, um, you know, just his ability to be funny and laugh at himself. And um, also his goal, like later in life, I think I admire the most because the last five years of his life were probably the best five years. He really enjoyed being a house husband, which was strange for most people to hear. And, uh, but he created some great music with Yoko. And I think they were really in love and really a powerful couple when it came to peace and love. So that is the basis of my song is that even though John is gone, peace and love will never die. People mm -hmm. still crave that. I, I agree with you. I mean, I talk about story fields about four or five years ago, we were up in New York and we took, um, we had an exchange student with us from Germany and he was like, I want to go there. I want to go there. I'm like, well, so do I, let's go. And it was so, it, it was so moving just to be, I mean, Central Park itself, but then to be over the strawberry fields, it was just, just a, a great feeling. And it was also a feeling of, you know, missing him, you know, it's like in his music and, you know, I grew up with my dad and, and everybody listening to it. And like Jen says, my husband has albums and, you know, the old, mm -hmm. the old albums and we, we pull them out every so often just to listen. And uh, why do you think the song is like living on forever? What do you, what do you think is behind that? A lot of things. I think people really crave a face for this kind of movement, which we may not have today, but John and Yoko definitely put themselves out there a lot. They took a lot of risks and, you know, in some ways they were um, not always popular because of that, as you know, but they were consistent. I'll give them that. And Yoko still is. If you look at any of her Twitter or blogs or any of those types of things, she's always saying, please, you know, peace first, peace, peace. And they've done some interesting things since 1969. It's not just way back when in that, you know, in the Beatle era. Um, they were current and they remain current, I, I believe. I really do. I do. Jen, the, the, they do remain current. And, John, and Jen, what would you say, Jen, is your fondest memory of John Lennon, Jen? Well, okay. So my brother had this red crushed velvet um, Sergeant Pepper Lonely Hearts Club type of, it would be something out of the movie. And he had that forever until there was an intervention in getting rid of it. And I, it's one of the regrets I've always done. I've always had is, is getting rid of his jacket, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and because it was so Beatles, you know, it was so John Lennon. And at, when, one of my friends had, uh, it was like the last album cover, giant poster. It was original of them together. I, I just, there was nothing like it, you know? I mean, I don't understand how, all of a sudden, I never understood the women fainting, screaming. I still don't understand that. Like, <laughs> you're so crazy. All of a sudden, this frenzy and they're passing out. Never understood that. But I think it's amazing. The synergy, the chemistry, and the, uh, the music. Everyone has their favorite, as we know. But mm -hmm. I do believe that, you know, Paul and John are up there. But when you go to a tribute, I was on the board of the Theater Within and the John Lennon tribute in New York City. And of course, you get all the fans there. 
And there's there aren't any fans like Beatles fans. I mean, they're the best in the world. They're incredible. And they have t-shirts from way back when. They've been to all the concerts. They've been to every tribute for 40 years. I mean, they really, and you know, Beatles Fest, which is a big one. Um, they just keep on coming every year. They never get tired of it. They never get tired of it, which just says and a the, lot, doesn't it? And the t-shirts never disintegrate. No. <laughs> A few holes here and there, but I mean, really, still together. <laughs> I consider myself a forever fan, and there are a lot of people just like myself. I mean, I've been going to the memorial for 35 years, wow. so in Central Park, yeah, visiting, and every single time it's a different experience. I, I just could write about it, so I decided, you know, I'll write a song and um, honor Yoko for giving us that space because really there aren't too many places like that that are considered living memorials, you know, where people come, they sing, um, they dance, they cry, you know, um, and they come together, literally. So um, good for her for putting something like that together. I don't know if you knew this, but there are 121 countries that supported that memorial. And so they either planted trees or made a monetary donation to Yoko um, and that says a lot too. And it was all about the garden of peace, which is what she intended it to be. So special, very special. So the thinking and for thinking, you know, I mean, we, we would love to see Yoko live forever. Right. So we know that we all have to, you know, go to our wonderful place at some point or another, we never know when. So what are some of the things that the, that, that are being kept in place to keep that going on so that we, you know, still have that living memorial. Oh, that's, that's not a problem at all because I know that, you know, the family will make sure. Absolutely. And um, I think Yoko right now might be around 88 or 89 years old. She is older than John. John would have been 80 this year. Wow. And it was also the 40th anniversary of his death. So I, I felt that the song was very timely. I mean, I hadn't even planned it that way, but it did come out that day. And I did go down there. And um, I talked to some families who had brought their daughters and their sons back. You know, they'd been doing it for years and they decided we need to bring our family here and show them what we've been doing. And people were singing. It was incredible. There was a shrine to John, you know, candles and clothing and, uh, poems and photos and it was just really beautiful I mean the pandemic didn't keep people from coming so you know I love that part of it yeah. what would have been your most uh your standout gratitude moment down at the at the memorial mm -hmm. I believe it was when I saw the families bringing their children during a pandemic I didn't think that was going to really shock me a bit, but it did because we're all in masks, right? Something a little right. different. Um, the people were still singing through their masks. They were still um, talking about John. Um, it was as though really it will never matter if it's 15 years from now or 20 years from now or 50 years from now. I think we're still gonna be talking about John Lennon. I really do. No, I think that's I one of the beauties of music one of the most beautiful things that we have is that the music lives on forever in it the does. hearts of the listeners. And it's a way of communicating very, with them. Very unique music. I mean, the songwriting for me being a songwriter, his songwriting was like, I've never heard it ever again, just quite the same way he did it. It's very unique. And he always told a personal story, which exactly. is, you know, his whole life was told at the end of his, his days through his music. You know, he was sorry for many things. Mm. Um, he realized um, 
he might've not been the best, you know, husband. Um, so he wrote about that. He wrote about his love for Yoko. I mean, he wrote about his insecurities too, um, but he was happy. He was happier. You know what I think is when you talk about music living on forever because of the Spotify's of the world, all these different platforms, new people are going to love the Beatles and especially John Lennon, right, Jill? So I hope so. I really do. They should. New people mm-hmm. that pick up the music and say, wow, I, I, I like this music. And they're more willing to experiment more because it's a lot easier and more available than it has ever been. That's right. I've researched it a lot. In fact, when you listen to the song, there are nods to a lot of the songs that John wrote and Yoko wrote. And I think that a lot of people, um, the real fans will notice that, that I put that in there. But I also have a message for today's world too, which is again, that you have to believe in something and you have to fight for it and not be afraid to, because John was not afraid to stand up for what he believed in. You know, we need more of that. It's a wonderful thing, it really is. And peace, of course, nonviolence in all things. Is that, is that where your, your charity came from, your nonprofit? Actually, no. Um, I've always worked with children. I used to have Jingle with Jill, which is a, um, a program that would go into inner city schools to bring music and the arts. So when I was in a hospital at one point, I realized that the children needed something to, you know, to happen there as well. And so we're on hold, of course, because of the pandemic doing many things. But we'll be back. We'll be back in the spring and summer, I hope. We bring gift items to the children who have to be at home for long periods of time, especially during the summer. You know, so I bring a beach theme. I love mermaids. So um, a lot of it's mermaids and sea creatures and arts projects and things like that that have to do with the beach. And um, it's been wonderful. It really has. So that's what I do on the side when I'm not writing songs. (laughs) So yeah, it was a great project. I work with Merritt David Janes, who just got off um, Broadway tour of School of Rock. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was really lucky to get him. He's a family friend. But the thing was, he was always traveling, right? So the pandemic made it available for him to be there. And um, we did a great, you know, kind of long distance thing going on. And we got musicians, quality musicians, too, at this time who were available. And we put it together. We're proud of it that we could do that. And I like the idea, hopefully, getting back to schools again, Jill, because we don't want them to be online. We want them back in the classroom. So hopefully. I know. Well, you know what, to me, it's all about creating. Um, John was the same way. If you're creating all the time, you know, you get outside of yourself a little bit. I know we all have to learn the basics, but um, I think that music and arts are very, very, very important in a child's life. So that's what I try to do, you know, and we'll, we'll get back to that too. We will. But now with Christmas around the corner, the peace and love is coming back full force, right? And um, we're going to be hearing John's song, you know, um, Happy Xmas, War is Over. And mm-hmm. so he's, he's always popping up every season. There are no, not really a season for John. That's how I look at it. Well, and I think too, for me, like for, for me, what I, I seem to feel like is the music today, it doesn't have, they have messages, but the messages aren't the same as what they had, you know, back when the Beatles and, and that genre. I think that's what people crave. You're absolutely right. And it's unique to our ear to hear something like that. And you never get tired of it. I mean, I know people in my age group who are teaching their younger kids to listen to the older music. 
for a new appreciation for it, you know? Oh yeah. We, I love our youngest son. He'll be 21 in January. Like he loves to go to the, like when the old bands show up and that are still playing out, you know, they show up in the little, you know, festivals. It's like, let's go. And he loves, I get my car and he'll have the oldie stations on. And it's, it's very heartwarming. They they have a good ear then. (laughs) That is good to hear. Yes, absolutely. And Jill, it's it's all about story, right, Jill? when When you write songs. You have to tell a story so that people really get into it and see that those lyrics help them remind them of a time or a place or a certain thing the next time they hear that song. Well, Strawberry Fields, which is aptly named for the area in Central Park where this memorial is, um, is actually childhood memory of John Lennon because it was a, um, a, a home for orphans at the time. And he would peek in through the fence and look and see you know, what was going on with the orphans. Now it's a Salvation Army in England, but um, he wrote about that and it you know, became a famous song. It's just a story about his childhood. So that's kind of neat. Some of, those, the, some of the songs he wrote are really interesting if you start to you know, take them apart and understand why he wrote them. Sometimes it was just the headline in a newspaper. And he wrote a song about it. Brilliant, right? <laughs> I think so anyway. Yeah. Jen, next question for Jill. Oh, thanks. Jill, tell me about your life. Did you always, did you know that you were going to be a songwriter? Did you get into the arts or was it something more recent? It was pretty early on. Yeah. And I also knew, my mother used to say, uh, Jill likes those Beatles, but I think she really likes that John Lennon. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so from early on, I was always writing, listening to music, dancing, you know, doing all that stuff. Yeah. And um, that's why I know it's important because it kind of made for a very happy you know, childhood. So I want that for the children that I work with to be able to experience, you know, a lot of different things. So I even had a scholarship. Program. Well, yes. Still here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So okay. continue, Jill. Continue with your answer. Yeah, so um, yes, early on, always writing stories. And um, again, I think my appreciation for John Lennon came from the fact that I think his songwriting's pretty amazing. And I recognized that early on. I mean, I think they're all great, but particularly John Lennon. Go ahead, Pearl, next question. So um, what do you see next? Like what's happening next with you and the song? The song has come out or is it coming out? Yeah, it was released actually on December 8th, which is the anniversary of John Lennon's death. And we were on 12 radio stations right away. So very happy about that. Um, Yeah, it's a song forever, I hope. It's not just for anniversaries or anything like that. But um, we're already working on another song um, for people who adopt um, homeless shelter, you know, animals this time of year, because it's given them so much joy. And, you know, you can look up all the times that people have adopted during these last six, seven months. And it's the best thing they ever did. So I wrote a happy song about that, and I hope to um, get that out there so maybe one of the shelters can um, take that on and use it in their advertising. I love that. Yeah, you're right. This is that time of the year, a lot of adopting. My son just adopted a dog a few months ago, so absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, Yeah, my cat had died, and I was so sad, and I didn't know what to do, and they were like, well, you know what? We have a couple of kittens, newborn kittens. I said, okay. I took them. (laughs) And they're adorable, and I'm in love again. So yeah, great, awesome! So, such a fan base to really go after for the song. Meaning, not not just 
in the United States, but all over the world. Yes. Mm -hmm. I plan, I hope that this song um, that we wrote will make people understand that John left us with a lot. He left us with a lot of things to think about, which is pretty interesting when you think about music. You know, people will just listen to it, dance to it or whatever, but he makes you think. And I think in the song that we wrote too, it, it gives um, a thanks to not only Yoko for what she gave us at Strawberry Fields, but also to John for teaching us what is real. You know, what is real and um, what to do with our like passion for something is to go for it is what he's saying. And I think we need that more and more today. Everybody's got something inside of them that they can do and, and you know, use that to make the world a better place. He had celebrity, so it helped to do it. But we don't need that. We can do that as well. Well, one of the cool things I did during the pandemic um, is uh, I was inspired by Yoko. And one of my favorite things is when you went up on the ladder and you had the microphone microscope and it's yes, right? And, and so I did that on all my mirrors oh. to get me through. And I just put yes and eyeliner, yes and eyeliner, dark eyeliner. I yes, Cause I had my pencil. That's and fantastic. on all of my mirrors, it was like yes. a little Yoko, a homage to Yoko on yes you know, because everything was no, everything was no, no. And it didn't make sense to me. And I was, you know, not happy. And I was seeing people, you know, companies shutting down, small businesses shutting down. So it got to the point where the end of the week for me being frustrated, I just put yes over everything. I love so that. that would, you, know, you should tell people, do you know where that came from? The yes. The yes. The day that they met. And the um, day that they met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, for the others that might not know, she had an art installation and John was invited to come and he climbed a ladder, which was kind of strange. He was thinking, you know, who is this avant-garde woman? And then on the ceiling was just the word yes. And he said, well, she got me right there. That, that was so interesting. And in one of his songs, he says, yes is the answer. So I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's how they first. Yeah, he wasn't even supposed to be there. I mean, yeah, that was the right. cool thing. So also does a lot of things behind the there scenes. There I am. She's very private, mm -hmm. um, but she has kept John's memory alive. We have to hand it to her. She has done everything possible to honor Absolutely. Him. And she also gave $250,000 to Montefiore Hospital in the Bronx at the beginning of the uh, pandemic because she knew the big donors were not going to give to that particular hospital, probably. So mm -hmm. she's doing a lot of those types of things. Um, and she doesn't say a whole lot, really. I mean, she just keeps to herself. And But it's always about John, the message of peace and love. So I admire that. I mean, I... Yeah. And it's still going. And her message has been consistent, Very. you know, throughout her entire life. Her message has been consistent with John's. Yes. And I, I love her artwork because it... I mean, my whole life, you know, because she's my mom's age. Um, yeah, yeah. My mom's yeah. 89 this, this year and she has COVID. So she's, oh dear. no, no, it's my mother, Keith Richards and cockroaches. They're all going to outlast <laughs> us all. Seriously. Yeah, good for her. As well. <laughs> good for she's her. on day seven and she's fine. Good for um, her. <laughs> Say that way. Isn't, oh my God. She is, she's going to outlast us all. And so she's amazing. And in that regard, it's Yoko Uno. 
you know, and her artwork. And it's what inspires, you know, when I do art, because I'm an artist, I'm an abstract emotionalism artist. Oh, you understand. Is, I understand. And I just think it's so incredible to have a word or something that you have to look for in there and that it gives you that yes. I mean, I can't tell you, there wasn't any other artist that came to my mind during the pandemic to where I'd be writing down wow. their, their, you right. know, a caption. It's really great to meet someone who appreciates Yoko because truly, you know, she always has to hear the same message, which is she broke up the Beatles and it's just not true. Um, John himself went into the group and said, I'm leaving. And you know what? Paul McCartney on Howard Stern said, um, that is the truth. That's what happened. You know, granted, she was the new girlfriend and a lot of people were not comfortable with her in the recording area. But um, I think everybody was just ready to try new things. I believe that. All right. Well, and it's so typecasted back then, too. Yeah. I mean, they could only do one thing. Everybody wants to break out and have their own voice because you have to have the entire band in back of you. And on the, I think it was one of the last album covers, you can see John and you can see um, and Paul and they're not even looking at each other. They look completely pissed off. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know it's difficult to be under that, um, you know, constant, like you have to do it this way and you have to produce and push, push. That's not creative. And he knew that. He knew that. He did great work after he left. He, did. I mean, he, he really did. Um, and it was more about John you know, it was less commercial. And that's why I think people like him because that music later was so unique. People started thinking, wow, he's really got something to say. You he know? has something to say. And you know, when you think about, when you look back on it, I know we got to go, Neil. Um, when you look back on it, there was nobody else that was under the microphone, under the microscope, amplified a million times except for the Beatles. True. I mean, at that true. point, all of those guys, they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't do anything. They were pulled in a million directions. I don't know how the way, I don't know how they made it through the day somehow. I know it was, they were a sensation in every sense of the word. There's extremely no strong. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I do hope everybody who hasn't really listened to the song yet and whoever's out there that they feel as fans that I, you know, honored John and his memory and Yoko and some of the thoughts that he had. And I hope people enjoy it. Great. Definitely. So best place we can check that out. Where can we go, Jill? Oh, the usual, like iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, <laughs> you know, just, you can find it there. And um, you can also go on Merritt David Jane's um, website as well. And you can see, I mean, he's just an amazing, he'll be back on Broadway for sure. So remember that name. Um, once the lights go back on. So yeah, he, um, I'm so happy that we had that break together when we were able to work mm -hmm. on this project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Fantastic. And uh, so good, Jen, close us out for our guest today. I am so honored and happy to have with us Jill Walker, who is the co-songwriter and producer of the song, um, John Lennon, Love and Peace. Peace and love for his 40th year anniversary of his death. Um, you've been listening to her and you're going to be listening to her song coming up. Thank you, Jill, for being on the show. Thank you, Neil. And thank you, Pearl, for being with me today. I appreciate it as always, guys. You're amazing. Thanks again. We appreciate it. Peace to everyone. Thank you. And
peace to everybody and hope that you're going through this pandemic with a little bit of gratitude. I know it's hard out there. I know it's extremely hard right now for some of you, but just have a little light of gratitude, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of everything going to crap, think about gratitude and what you're grateful for and that heaven will open up and bless you. So have a beautiful day. I love you. Remember you're loved. No, you're blessed. You're loved and you're sacred. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensex Enterprise Level Video Management Software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit lensec.com. And now back to the show. It's Jen Mogg, Mother of Gratitude on the Gratitude Radio Network, and you're listening to your beautiful day. And today we have with us Neil Haley from the Neil Haley Show. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing fantastic. I always like to simulcast with you, and it's uh, an amazing guest. I like to talk because, you know, anytime you can talk about one of the industries that's the hottest right now, and that's the real estate game, and a, re- a real estate agent, it's, it's a mover and shaker in the California area. I'm excited to learn from him, and especially how he's trying to make things niche, especially in a time period where there's a lot of agents out there, but he's focusing more on how that buyer sells a home. Because again, it's a challenge because especially if you, uh, you have to fix things up and get things together. So let's introduce our guest. Well, I'm real excited because Jeff Landau does know what he's doing. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate uh, being here and the opportunity to uh, meet the people that listen to your shows. Yeah, watch and listen as we're doing again. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on Facebook. It'll be everywhere. And uh, I, I'd like this, have a segment like this because again, Anytime, anywhere, you never know when you need a real estate agent. So go ahead, Jen, with your first question. No, I love the trends of real estate. I used to have my real estate license. Um, how are you doing out there with, with everything trending in California? Well, doing, doing very, very well. Uh, we, we were all thrown for a big shock, like the whole world was at the end of March last year uh, in our area. I'm sure elsewhere in our area, uh, you know, at the end of March, we started having these different guidelines of how to do things safely. And they seem to be changing at least on a weekly basis, if not sooner than that. And then, you know, we started getting used to what the safe protocols are and the market did almost come to a halt at the end of March. And 
seemed like towards May, June, started picking up and got really fast. Especially when the rates went down, right? That was huge. Big, big driving force. Absolutely. Because I remember a time I, back in the day, I was uh, worked for the credit bureau of Columbus and I was uh, doing uh, credit reports for mortgage companies. And it was about in the, uh, I'm trying to think of years. It was probably 19, like 2000, 2000 time when really the rates went down. That was one of the big real estate jumps that was really huge for people when those rates that's the time where you guys got to develop and rock, rock the house because you never know. Cause it's a very cyclical thing in real estate, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's yes. And the big factor with interest rates and, you know, we had rates when they were at four at the end of last year. And to give you an example, I had a buyer that was, uh, that was, he was going to be in like the 900 to a million dollar price range buying and when rates went down to your point, Neil, when they rent, went down into the low threes to three and even upper twos, I said, you should speak to your lender to see if you are qualified for a higher purchase. And for the same payment, his purchasing dollars went up $70,000. So, you know, these you know, interest rates had a, has, are continuing to have very impact, a very big impact on, on the real estate market. Jeff, where did you grow up and how did you get into real estate? I grew up in New Jersey and I was there until I graduated high school and then migrated to Southern California. I've been uh, licensed and uh, full-time since 2002. What brought you to California? The weather. Uh, I was able to visit a, a couple family members that, that lived out here in Northern California and really from the first time visiting them in my teens, I just knew that California was where I, I wanted to eventually live. So living in California, and the, that's the interesting thing process, right, of seeing these homes, right? It's got to be pretty um, unbelievable, right? Some of the homes in California. Yeah, you see, yes. Uh, I mean, there are some homes. I'm, I'm in a, a market. I don't know if to some of your guests when I said, you know, 900 to a million dollar price range. In, in a strange way, that's not really very high for California. I think in the state, the median price is a little bit over $700,000 now. I have a lot of peers that are maybe 20 miles from me, but 20 miles can also be Malibu, West LA, and those areas. I mean, I have friends that like the low end to them and not, not low end from any kind of, you know, standpoint of measuring it's, you know, 2 million, they go up to $20, 30000000 million. So those homes are just incredible. Wow. Yeah, that's South Tampa pricing. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, and it's funny because you would think you'd be getting a huge house for a million dollars, and it's like a ranch house. It's like the suburbs, you know? I just, I just saw one for, I'm sorry, for uh, a 1,500 square feet that was a, a, a million five. Right. <laughs> and yeah. that, that, that wasn't on the beach. It wasn't an ocean view. It was in West L.A., yeah, it, it astounds me because because it's it, you're looking at a house going wait that that's like my grandmother's house and then you're like yeah for seven hundred it's crazy it's insane what are some of the trends that you're seeing or that you're foreseeing I know you don't have like your little ball but <laughs> I I wish I did <laughs> well you know biggest trend is certainly more people uh, working from home so 
you know, it's, it may seem a little counterintuitive. Why did the real estate market get so hot? And as much as our homes are, are important to us, I think they became even more important when we spent, started spending even more time in them. And some people, a lot of people are now working from home and, you know, maybe instead of having a three bedroom, they realize they have to have a four bedroom. Uh, some people um, working with some first time buyers now, and they are so motivated because they have a three-year-old son and they really want to get a yard for him and not, and not stay in, you know, inside the whole day in their apartment. So it's making people rethink their home and what's in their home. And that's, that's probably the, the biggest trend along with the bigger trend is people realizing how mobile they are. Uh, some are thinking whenever this is over, do they have to go back to their office? And maybe moving away from the high priced area of Southern California and moving someplace else where they can buy the same or better house for a third of the cost and have a lower cost of living. So those, those are two really big trends right now. Uh, those seem like two really great trends. And I think that uh, you wouldn't think about that because of COVID. I mean, the rates, but then the fact of the matter is if you're stuck in the same place all over, over and over again, and let's just say you are somebody that's a performer, especially talking in California, and you need to have certain quiet, maybe the house you had before when you would just go to the studio, now you have to have your own studio, or now you need to have a quiet space for work. So that changes the whole process of a home saying, you know what, this is not going to work anymore. I don't see us going back to work. And if you're with Google, you're never going back to work. So if you know that your home is going to be your office, you got to find a better place. Absolutely. There's, that's, that's, a, that's probably the biggest driving force. And you know, I've, I've had some friends and some clients move. And they're just realizing that they that they don't have to be here any anymore, and they're they're thinking about other you know other factors, whether it's cost of living, whether it's where they they want to raise their their family. Commute too, because if you don't commute to work. Why the heck do you have to be so close to work? You can go out farther and have a better priced house, and not pay the amount of taxes or certain things based on, especially depending all over the country and all that stuff. Absolutely. And that's, that's a, a, a big trend, Neil, in our area is, first of all, there's not a lot of uh, room for new construction of a lot of homes in our area. So yes, to the, to the outlying suburbs, absolutely right. So if people don't have to drive to the major area or they don't have to commute to the major area and they can move out to the suburbs, maybe be a little bit more spread out and have a lower cost home. Those are all really big factors right now. With Go ahead, Jen, with your next question. With the exodus that's going on with people leaving California, what is what is the radius, do you think, or around the radius of leaving LA that they can still, because the entertainment, you know, entertainment's still going to be happening in LA. SAG isn't going anywhere. For the actors and, and some of the producers who are looking for a second home, what is the radius that you're saying, that you're seeing around California into well, other states? Right. So, well, into other states, I'm not. I'm not sure. I know in in our area, uh -huh. uh, it's very concentrated. You know where 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 the studios are. It's 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 a very dense area and very concentrated area. We did have very big traffic issues that are there are less, but traffic's coming back, which in one sense is a good sign that people are getting out and moving. Uh, but you know. 
when when you talk about going to to suburbs and it's a little bit easier drive now so you can get you know as, as far as our area you know probably at least at least an hour away so could be you know 20 30 miles from from the studios at least interesting wow and so then that whole process so one of the things you're differentiating yourself jeff and this is big is again preparing people to sell their home and not having to spend so much money. Cause sometimes when you have to sell your home, you have to really show it and showing a home is an important thing. Explain a little bit of that where you're trying to niche yourself in a way, Jeff, compared to other agents. Well, thank you, Neil. So as, as far as a, as far as a, a niche, it's helping a seller prepare their home for sale so they can maximize the, the value of their home and how much money that they make. At the outset, that may sound like a, a no-brainer that every real estate agent should be doing that. What, what happens though, are some sellers know that they need to put some money into their home, but they don't have that money, or they don't have that time to interview contractors, to know what they should be doing, and to project manage it, and to interview people, and to manage the contractors, and especially in our area where We've had you know, those massive fires and lost a lot of homes. Contractors have gotten very busy. Um, so what I've, what I've set up is a way to help sellers prepare their home at no out-of-pocket expense where we, we front the money that is needed to prepare a home for sale. We project manage it. So from that uh, turnkey standpoint, it really is easy enough for a seller to give us access to the home we take we we figure out what what improvements will maximize their value where money is best spent and then we project manage it we take care of what colors to use the materials to use and once everything's ready we get the home on the market and we get repaid when the home sells jeff that's a godsend that is angelic it's a driving force for me it's oh a dri- and I think about I think about somebody I met a couple of years ago. Uh, one of one of the things that I do is 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 knock on doors. Some people may find that annoying. Some people don't. Uh, and uh, I was I was in this neighborhood, and I met a I met a a, a man in his probably late seventies, early eighties. And when I met him, he said he was thinking about selling. He had a son out of out of state, and he wanted to sell the house, move out of state, but his house needed a lot of work, and he didn't want to sell it knowing that it needed a lot of work. And instead of getting that, that work done years later, he ended up passing away at that house and wasn't able to sell it. And at the time I didn't have these tools. And that's still, it's still a memory for me. I never want that to happen to anybody that I cross paths with. That's extraordinary. I think everyone should do it. And it seems simple, but my God, man, that's a complete game changer. And that's from your heart. I mean, that's a gift. That's why you're here. I love it. I love, uh, you know, this also uh, came in handy. Um, I was introduced to a, a woman that moved into assisted living. And when she was comfortable with the fact that it was the right place for her to live, then she was ready to sell her, her home in a retirement uh, area here. And her home hadn't been updated probably in 30 years. And it had a lot of a lot of uh, personal belongings at the house. 
And we went in, you know, she, she, she came back to the home, took what she wanted and everything else. We ended up moving out of the house. We completely renovated the house, new kitchen, new floor, new bathrooms and paint. And we got her an extra $40,000 just because she said, here's the keys, go, go do your work. And if, you know, and yeah. she got some, you know, a lot of, a lot of money yeah. you know, for that. So Jeff, what are your ultimate goals with what you're doing with this? What do you want to do with it? Yeah. I recently went under a, a, a brand change, uh, you know, prior, you know, prior to that, it was Jeff Landau Homes. Now it's Team 805. I'm building a team out here locally. I do want to spread the word out about what I'm, I'm calling this term pre-modeling, where I'm, we are getting homes ready before sale. Uh, as Jen was saying, it's a godsend. I think so too. Certainly sounds better coming from somebody else than from me. I think so too. And, you know, I, I, I am endeavoring to, to spread the, the, the word and any effort that I can to expand, I think will be very helpful for home sellers. Well, just the integrity of that, the, your, your character that just, I mean, that just gives me chills. It's just, I am so happy. That's a huge gratitude moment for me being the mother of gratitude to mm. see somebody play it forward and doing it in a way Dude, you're changing the game across the United States, if not the world, by the time this is done. To be able to help somebody in that way. The biggest problem with moving out of a house is that you're moving out of a house. And you, once you're in a house, it's like years and years and years of sentimental stuff. And not having, no one thinks about, oh, well, gee, I got to like tear out my kitchen because that's on the to-do list. That's not on the impulse aisle. You know what I mean? And to be able to take that weight off of somebody, you secured them, they're not going anywhere. You got your buyer, you got your house. And, um, and to be able to take the seller and give them that much peace of mind is a huge godsend. It's, as you're mentioning, you know, the sale of a home is so overwhelming. There's so many different moving pieces. And even, even if somebody doesn't do any work to their house, I think it's one of the top stressors in life is just moving homes and then take, take into account if somebody wants to maximize how much money that they make and really who wouldn't want to maximize how much money they would make, then they have to go through, do I wanna go through that process? What do I do? Should I, how much money should I put in, into the bathroom? Should I put it into the bathroom? Should I fix the roof? What color should I paint? And you know, you just, I could go on and on. On and on and my bathroom needs to be demolished, but because the the wall is wonky on the exterior of where the bathroom is i would rather sell my house and let you guys demolish the bathroom instead of living through that because for some reason living through it it's not like robert irvine with his little you know sledgehammer coming in and 30 minutes later it's going to be done you find stuff wrong when it starts going wrong you find stuff you think is going to be perfect this is easy easy is all of a sudden it's not Exactly. Take that away from a homeowner and say, I got you, don't worry. And they actually get to not worry about anything. That's everything. Yeah. And, and, and you know, to your point, you know, these uh, HGTV shows with, you know, flip this and fix that. And, you know, and th those are very highly rated. And there's more and more shows because people are, are interested in seeing it. They love seeing how, how different a home looks. And wouldn't that be great to be the seller and have that change? before you sell it so you can make some extra money. 
All right, I'm pitching this to you right now because there's a person at work where he wants, I'm pitching him a show on that. And I would like to promote that. We can do it on GoPros and put it on the Gratitude Radio Network, Neil, and he's got distribution because there's just nothing like it. And for someone to have that much heart and what they do to help right. other people, but literally help other people. Um, I want to be able to produce that well, show. We'll definitely stay in touch with Jeff to make sure that happens. Is always connectivity, and that's why he comes on these shows to yeah. make these relationships and get the word out. Now, you know, thinking about it, I guess the the process that people always do, they off they don't offer it, Jeff. Meaning, real estate agents will say, "Hey, we recommend you do X, Y, and Z," not provide it for you. That's the difference. Yeah, they might get a cleaning lady to come in for you. They might rip the carpet out, but you're talking to kind of explain to us one case user case scenario, use case scenario of what you've done for a homeowner. Okay. And, and, you know, Neil, maybe the reason why is a lot of real estate agents don't do a lot of business. So they just want to get, you know, they want to put their sign in the yard and get the home sold as quickly as possible so they can make money where, Preparing a home for sale could take a month, two or three. Okay. And then, then you have to go through that, that sale process. So maybe a lot of agents don't have that in mind for that reason. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest one that, or I shouldn't say the biggest, but the first one comes to mind is, is that woman that, that moved into the assisted living. Um, I've had, I've had some clients that, uh, inherited property through uh, one through trust, one through probate. And I mean, those were homes that needed brand new everything. And, and those homes were, again, it was, you know, paint, flooring, fixing, fixing the slab and then doing the flooring and the kitchen and, and, and the bathrooms. It's almost like a, it's really like a, a seller flip where you're, you're flipping that home prior to putting it on, on the market. Impressive, for sure. Okay, uh, Jen, ask that gratitude moment and then one, one other question. Well, I think we had our, our gratitude moment with Jeff, but Jeff, um, do you have other gratitude moments from sellers um, that, you, that you've, and I've already pitched you a show, so I don't even know <laughs> where to go from here. Um, do you have a gratitude moment of, in doing this or when, when was your aha moment that this is what needs to be done and you're the one that's doing it. The, the aha moment was a couple of weeks prior to helping that first client. I was driving in, in my car and, and just thinking about ways that I can add value. Again, it's very easy for a real estate agent to fall into a being a commodity just because if you're, if you're selling a home and you have five agents come over and they go, oh, this is the marketing that I do. And this is the, that, that I do. And everybody does the same thing. At some point, your eyes just start glazing over and then everybody sounds the same. And then if everybody sounds the same, why not just get the cheapest person? I would, right? And I don't do that. My, my value to my client isn't, I, I can do it for less. Like they get me, they get a team, they get a mindset. And I thought, wouldn't that be a great, a great service? There are some agents in my area doing this. And I said, I need to provide this service to my clients. And I called 
the first contractor that I called and said, this is my, my, my vision. He said, let's, let's go grab a coffee and make this happen. And a couple of weeks later, I was sitting in, in front of this client. I mentioned it to her and she said, sounds great. And she met with him. And next thing you know, we're helping her make more money. And $40,000 isn't anything to sneeze at for someone to angelically come into your life and fix what needs to be done so that she can spend that transition, the last part of her life, in peace. Knowing, I mean, that's just, I'm just blown away. I mean, for, for her, it's probably an extra five or six months of, of living expenses where, where, where she was living that she just gets and basically didn't have to have to pay rent for, you know, five or six months. Right. And it's expensive getting older. No one really thinks about that. That's a whole different show. That's, That's we think we're going to live forever, but we Very don't make count to go with it. Yeah. You know, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for you being on our show today. Thank you. I'm grateful for you guys inviting me. Thank you. Okay, awesome. Neil. All right, so we'll close it out. Go ahead, Jen, with your closeout. Again, Jeff, where can we find information on you, first of all, to learn more about you? Where can we go? Thank you. Uh, the best place is team805.com is the website. And then, you know, Facebook page and Instagram page, LinkedIn, everything is, is team805. Okay. All right, close it out, Jen. Oh, thank you. Well, we've been listening and sitting down with Jeff Landu with 805 an amazing real estate agent who has a great future um, for everyone that's going to be his seller and taking their houses and taking care of them and the, uh, seriously taking care of them like it's never been done before. I think you're a complete godsend. Um, for everyone listening, you have his information and that is really playing it forward. Um, and that's what I do. That's what I love to do at Gratitude Radio Network and being a MOG. So remember, you are blessed, you are loved, you are sacred. Find gratitude in the little things of your life and make it a beautiful day. Thank you. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby! What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today! With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.